Today on The Masked Man Show, we're going to talk about AEW's shocking two moments. We're going to talk about the death of wrestling legend Pat Patterson, and we're going to preview NXT's War Games. All that coming up right now. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. First battle season one champion, Mike Long. The king of sad stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Troy Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. This is your real WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Gufaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening. You're listening to this. You're listening to. You are listening to. You're listening. You're listening. listening. You're listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. How are you, my recently sick friend? I'm good, man. It was. COVID is not fun. Do not recommend. Zero out of 10. No stars. (laughs) Would not recommend having COVID. It's not fun. Oh, man. Well, I'm glad that I finally heard that from you because I was on the fence about it up until now. Yeah, you know, I'm glad I kind of pushed you over the edge on, you know, wanting to have COVID or not. But uh, I'm glad I could be the one to, you know, convince you that it is not a fun experience (laughs) at all. Oh, my God. Well, welcome back. We're glad to have you back. We're glad, more importantly, that you're back in one piece. And let's hope that nothing terrible ever happens again in the world. Something really amazing happened in the world last night. Like yeah. that segue. Yeah. We were, I, was, I was up watching, I'm going to be honest, I was watching some footage, uh, unproduced raw footage for the Vince documentary. Ooh, uh, we yeah, can talk more about that. that later if you want, but there's not a lot to tell. It's just I was just looking at old tapes. Well, you also don't want to spoil it either. I mean, you know. <laughs> it turns out it's. I'll spoil it. It turns out he bought the the, the company from his dad. That's that's where we. Wow. Are. You you don't say. <laughs> uh, but I was I was up last night. Uh, what do they say in football? Cram and tape. What do they what what do they do the tape? Yeah, I guess I I, I guess cram and tape is a solid. I was solid reviewing answer. old tape and yeah. uh, and then AEW on the background mostly because I, I was I was watching for maybe the most like postmodern reason ever i was mostly interested because tony khan had teased that they would run over the 10 o'clock hour right like that, yeah. that was like that was the big new that was the big moment that we thought we were going to get like that we're going to stick with the show if the match goes an hour we're going to like stay with it yes i wanted to hear tony shivani say that line yeah and instead yeah. instead i got to hear tony shivani say it's sting which Man. is maybe even more of a throwback ever and then the more important thing, I think, because we'll talk about Sting, but I think the, the bigger moment was that Kenny Omega won the AEW championship from 
John Moxley through nefarious means. Uh, Don Callis, his old his old uh, mentor, was was ringside and 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 sort of interfered and, and helped him. Uh, gave him a microphone that he used to, to hit Moxley and win the title. And then Omega and Callis like scrammed out the back door. We're getting in a car and and uh, got and then uh, well, Alex Marvez got him with the interview and said, "What's going on?" And Callis was like, "You'll find out next Tuesday on Impact Wrestling," which is. <laughs> Of course, the, the the show, the company that Don Callis actually works for. So, and then suddenly, I was just floored. I was just like, I think I texted like five people. Is, are you watching this? And then didn't have any follow up. Like I was just like, I just yeah. wanted to know that someone was there with me. You got to give AEW credit for last night. That was an amazing wrestling show. It was it from was beginning really, really to end. It was an amazing wrestling show. I mean, just. Whatever you like about pro wrestling, you kind of got yesterday, right? You got mm-hmm. a you got a title change, you got some violence, you got some great action, you got some surprise debuts, you got a guy that everybody knows, you know what I mean? Like you got a lot out of that match. Um, you even got some to see some young stars get some shine. You got to see Darby Allen get like a huge rub. And it's just you know, they teased it for a while. I always thought it was weird that they were really teasing like a regular old episode of Dynamite. It's like, oh, this is winter is coming. Winter is coming. And I'm just like, all right. Yeah. What, I like what that they use the one. I mean, I did. I, I you know, I, I made some jokes about the winter is coming stuff just like everybody else did. But I love their ability to eventize a regular episode of, of Dynamite. And more importantly, their ability to follow through on that eventizing. Oh, right? yeah. I mean, last night's Dynamite was more, you know, I'll take a sidebar here. My wife was actually giving me, I mean, talking to me yesterday, asked me why I don't write anymore. And, Mm. you know, good for her for giving me a kick in the ass. I'm going to do it. But I realized one of the reasons is that I used to write on, like, this is not an excuse, but just an explanation. I used to write every Tuesday after a WWE pay-per-view. Every, like, every time, like, I would wait till the pay-per-view happened, then watch it happen on Raw, and then, Write the big essay about where how this goes forward. The problem is the the pay per views don't mean anything anymore, and the raws after pay per views don't mean anything. I mean, there's there's no moment in WWE things programming. don't really happen, right? Yeah, like it's there's hard no to moment. Really write about. There's no moment. The only moments that you have to write about are like like Roman Reigns turning. I mean, literally the past like three moments I had to write about were Roman Reigns getting cancer, Roman Reigns coming back, and Roman Reigns turning heel. Like that. Yeah, like can I can I even be honest? Like while I was sick, I didn't watch a whole lot of wrestling. Yeah, like I, yeah. I really tried too. Like I mean. Granted, there was some moments that happened. I mean, Survivor Series took place, and you know, uh, there was some there was some interesting things that happened there. But like, there wasn't really any real moments. Nothing of real consequence really happens. And I just kind of, you know, tuned out for a couple of weeks. Um, I mean, I kept up. I mean, I kept up with everything that was going on. And if there was, you know, good moments that happened, I, I noticed it. But like, it, you know, last night was a moment, and wrestling doesn't have a whole lot of moments, man. There are two big beats that we just talked about. Sting coming back. I mean, listen, This the point of this is not to rag on WWE. But right. one of the things that we talk about with WWE a lot of the time is the absence of long-term storytelling, right? And part of that is, you know, they'll run the same stuff back. And the I don't know. I mean, you know better than me. But, they, but the, you know, the, the word, the, the, the leaks from backstage are always like, Vince doesn't think the fans remember something that happened six months ago or even two mm-hmm. months ago or whatever. So mm-hmm. w- regardless, they do mm-hmm. stumble backwards sometimes in the long-term storytelling. You know, I mean, and, and there's certain things they do care about when Cena and Orton wrestled, you know, for the... Uh, you know, for the 20th championship match, like they made that feel like an event. You know, they do, they do this stuff 
but I guess the best example is sort of the Undertaker streak. We're dealing a lot with the Undertaker right now, right? And they even stumbled into that too. That's like, what if I'm you saying. Watch a lot they, of like Undertaker. That's what we kept hearing. Retrospective, they're like, oh yeah, we just kind of mentioned it like around the tenth time when he was Biker Taker. Uh, so yeah, a lot of times it's not like you know they're trying to, but then they're like, hey, we got this thing, let's roll with it. So there's so there's long term storytelling in the sense that like Tony Khan decided a, over a year ago the story he was going to tell with Kenny Omega. And they're and it's it's finally paying off now. We spent we spent six months asking why Kenny Omega wasn't wrestling in singles matches. You know, <laughs> we spent and you know we like all of this stuff and, and it's coming back around to like his first big feud against John Moxley is now it's on. I mean, the, the whole thing is paying off. But there's another form of long term storytelling, which is sort of taking what you're given and actually making hay of it, right? You see the difference between what WWE did with Sting and what AEW is done with Sting. And it's only one night, but it, Sting already feels like like my emotions were already at a higher pitch last night than they were at any point during Sting's WWE run. Right. I, that- I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that. I think Sting Sting's debut at uh Survivor Series was was pretty it was a pretty big deal. It was pretty You're right. it was pretty You're huge. right. And maybe the debut is easier than the execution, but I have right. faith. But go but go ahead. And 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 Obviously, there's history there with Turner Network. Hearing yeah. Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross t- call a Sting moment is something I didn't have on my 2020 bingo card. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, I feel more comfortable not talking about physicality wise. And obviously, that's another big uh, elephant in the room as far as like, you know, uh, Sting's actual health and ability to work. But I do feel more comfortable with AEW using Sting than I did with WWE because even before, you know, the unfortunate incident happened with Seth Rollins and Night of Champions, I always thought Sting taking the L at WrestleMania was kind of weak, right? Like, I was just mm-hmm. like, man, you've really built this guy up to be like, you know, he was the one guy you never got. And you kind of chumped him out the first big moment. Yeah, you, you had a chance well, to have. And I him. think that's what stood out to me last night is that we don't know. I mean, Singh could go on to lose, you know, to job out for every week on Dynamite for the rest of its existence. We don't know what's going to happen, but mm-hmm. it did feel like just in the presentation, and not just the not just the entrance, the coming, but the way he came to the ring, the way he stared everybody in the face, the way they made that. It seemed like they were unafraid to let Sting be the biggest thing on the show even though it didn't close the show. So maybe, I'm, maybe there's a huge amount of bias going on in what I'm saying, but mm-hmm. it felt like they were a lot less afraid of letting him be the biggest star in the world than WWE was ever going to be. They were never going to let him be not just the top guy, because he's he's beyond that in age, like you just said, right. but to really embrace the history. I mean, obviously, like for WWE, you said it. As far as WWE is concerned, the history is we never got this guy in his prime. Mm-hmm. But for AEW, the history is this is the greatest enigma in pro wrestling. This right. guy is this guy is the moral center of the wrestling world. Now he's coming to the ring and and staring people in the face, and you don't know what's going to happen, and that is going to drive the show. Yeah, this is the guy who, when wrestling was at its peak, he was the franchise that helped. I mean, granted, NWO obviously he was the franchise that gave it to WWE the hardest. Right. Like Mm -hmm. he was the guy, him, Goldberg, the NWO. And you got one of those guys back, like in the Turner fold. And, um, you know, granted, I know a lot of people are going to kind of roll their eyes like, oh, my God, here comes another old timer, you know, being on the show. But I feel like with a company like AEW, they have been 
I feel like they've used their old timers in spot situations mm-hmm. that kind of feel a little bit more comfortable, right? Like, yeah. Arn Anderson as a coach feels good. Taz as a leader of like these young, hungry, monstrous dudes feels good. Even when Jake Roberts was around for a while, yeah. I, mean, I haven't seen Jake in a minute, but you know, he made Murderhawk feel like a big deal. And I feel like with Sting, he, I'm not saying he feels like a big deal. He is a big deal. Like, let's not, let's not, you know, we, we, we can't, we can't minimize it. Like, he is a big deal. And he's, uh, that company needs legacy. That company needs people that doesn't matter who you turn it on, you know who that guy is. Like, say what you want about Jericho. As soon as people turned on AEW, they're like, all right, I don't know what's going on, but I know that guy. That's Chris mm-hmm. Jericho, right? Like, and granted, they got a really interesting mix of talent right now at the at the at the middle of their card. My biggest yeah. gripe of AEW, I think, if anybody goes back and listens to old episodes of The Mass Man, I always said they're a to- they were top heavy. Uh, the tag team division was dope, but the women's division in the mid card was lacking. Now they got the TNT title. Now they've got, you know, the women's division is still lacking. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a lot of things going on that don't necessarily have to do with the world title. Yeah. And staying is another part of that. I don't foresee him being a part of the world title picture. I do foresee him being a big part of advancing a lot of storylines and advancing a lot of tales. And I think there's a lot of history there with the Rhodes family and Cody mm-hmm. and Arn Anderson. And, and mm-hmm. you know, with him, I'm just, and Tony Schiavone. And, uh, you know, there's a whole lot of people who really like WCW, man. Like, yeah, and it's, it's true. Okay. It's okay that they're bringing back a guy who meant so much to them um, back then. So, you know, say what you want about, you know, reaching back into the old bag of nostalgia. But there's a reason why WCW was around and is as successful as it was for a long time. And Sting was a big part of it. So I ain't mad at this, man. This is actually pretty dope. I agree. I mean, you mentioned everybody using the old timers. You know, with good results. And I agree with that. Um, you know, if anything, the one I've been lowest on is Arn Anderson. But after last night, man. As, as soon as he, they stared each other down, I was like, damn, there's some history right there. You yeah, know what he's I mean? totally like, redeemed himself. Listen, and, the, and also, and, and, and listen, don't don't underestimate the fact that, like, in the same way that, that, Zelina Vega, as, as incredible as she was, one of her, like, one of her original, like, great values. Was mm-hmm. that she made Andrade seem tall? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Arn, Arn Anderson makes Sting seem young, even <laughs> even though they're the same age. When they they're stare the down each other, you're age, like, yes. you're like, when they were staring down, you're like, oh, Sting still got it because compared to this guy, he was always wrestling back in the day. He's in mm-hmm. fantastic shape. He's a he's in peak shape. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, no, it was it was just. I mean, they they re- it really did sort of. You're right. Round out a lot of what they have going on, and. I have faith that they'll use him in the right way. I don't think they're going to put him in, you know, any, they're not going to try to make him into like a, a half hour match, like main eventer. I think hopefully they'll just figure out the right way to use him. Um, and I don't know. It just felt right. It's the right spot for him. You're right. It's part, it's a lot of that WCW nostalgia, but that's again, as far this is the kind of long-term storytelling I'm talking about. They have, they have sort of adopted uh, or inherited this sort of WCW's long-term storytelling, right? I mean, yeah. there's so much that comes from that legacy. And what makes AEW interesting is that they're not afraid to tap into it, right? Like, right. they're not afraid to acknowledge other companies. And I think we'll talk about this later. 
it's not going to be weird. Like, we don't have to, like, just kind of beat around the bush when it comes to this thing's history like they kind of mm-hmm. did with WWE, even though they own the entire WCW library. Like, there's, you know, there's there's more things to touch on. And on top of that, there's, you know, the relationship with NWA, right? Like, if we're talking about that, we're really talking mm-hmm. about a lot of wrestling history and a lot of things, I guess, prime. Uh, <laughs> As 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 surfer thing from way back when when he was like oh, a, yeah. a huge sort of megastar like there's just so many ways you can go with this and it's really really interesting and I'm really excited to kind of see where they take it because he is for all intents and purposes still one of the most interesting characters or one of the most interesting characters in pro wrestling history and he does it. the great thing about him is. I don't think anyone has a desire to see him wrestle for his sake. Like, I don't think anyone has yeah. a desire to see him, you know, have a 40-minute barn burner with, like, Kenny Omega or something like that. Like, AEW just needs characters, and that is a character. And one of the greatest characters you've ever, you know, sort of seen. Yeah. So I'm excited to see it, man. I am really am. AEW did a good thing. Yeah, I agree. I, don't, I guess I'm just not... You know, I don't expect AEW. I mean, I don't like follow blindly along with everything they do, but I do expect right. that they'll figure out the right way to use Sting, and it's cool that he's back. Now, you know, we are we're we're being nostalgic about WCW era Sting. I don't think either of us are. You know, we, neither of us have mentioned his his Impact Wrestling run, but uh, at least it makes for a good segue uh, because at the end of the show, as mentioned, Kenny Omega absconded with the AEW title, and and they said the next time you're going to see it is next Tuesday night on Access TV or the, uh, the Impact Twitch Twitch stream uh, mm-hmm. on Impact Wrestling where uh, Kenny Omega is going to show up with the belt. It's nuts. It's And, yeah. listen, and this is it, by the way, I, just to make the, the, the segue a little bit cleaner here, a lot of people are going to say this is, you know, going to measure the value, like who, who, who benefits the most from this relationship. And a lot of people right. are already saying, why would AEW do this? Impact is not a major company right now. Like a, they have way more to gain than AEW. I disagree. AEW has the now. I mean, what AEW gains is the ability to tell this story. Yes. You can't. You don't tell. You can't tell this story by making up another company. Right. You can't tell this story by like this has so much more weight than like retribution did at WWE. WWE. These people. Oh, they're coming to take over the company. Well, who? Are, they're, they're your employees. Like we mm-hmm. all know, they're your employees. We, we know, know how wrestling there. works. <laughs> you yeah. know. What what impact gives AEW is this storyline, and this storyline has people talking. The storyline is interesting, and even if it even if it's nothing, I mean, there is a real chance that this is Kenny Omega shows up on Impact and for one time, and that's it. You know, I mean, it's, it's just a sort of fu. We gets dragged back to AEW. We never mention it again. But there's a bigger chance that it's not just AEW. Look at what's going on around right now. Kenny just won a AAA championship belt, uh, or he's carrying around a AAA championship belt. AEW has the NWA Women's Champion on the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, they they have a uh, what else is going on? They have the Impact thing now. Impact has a direct relationship with New Japan. Yeah, and, Matt, and there's been all these New Japan rumors that are floating back in ter- in terms of AEW. I mean, th- if AEW manages to just super friends the entire wrestling world together. What, and, and there was all this talk at the beginning about them not having the New Japan relationship that people assumed they would have. What they have now they didn't have when they launched is power. They're like AEW, 
the whole point is that everybody else, I mean, New Japan is not below AEW on a global scale, but the whole, but you're, but people that are complaining that New that that Impact is below a beneath AEW, that's the whole point. AEW now has the power to say, everybody, you're coming to us. Like you're, we're gonna work together. We're gonna have a super clash, and it's gonna be on our terms. Yeah, it feels like uh, I think what wrestling fans have been dying to see for a long time. I know I have, is just sort of like fluidity. Like, I, I, I'd like that you can tell stories or they're going to attempt to tell stories through different promotions, through different territories. Like, I wasn't really alive and aware of pro wrestling to really, uh, you know, enjoy the territories era, right? Like, I really got into pro wrestling super deep back when, you know, when, when, when it was just really WWE and WCW. Um, but, you know, I never really got that time earlier in my, you know, life to see a champ, a world champion from another, one company show up on another company's show. I know we're talking about a lot of crossover when it comes to New Japan and TNA, I mean, Impact and, and, and the Omegas, but like one thing where you might be really sleeping on is like the reunion of the Bullet Club, possibly. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. you got the, you got, you got the, you still haven't really you still haven't really uh, revealed who it was that attacked uh, John Moxley the week before uh, the contract signing, right? Like, I mean, you got the Good Brothers over there, you got the Young Bucks and and and, and Omega and Page and AEW. Um, you got a lot of fun toys to play with, man. I'm interested. And the good thing about it is, and again, shout out to Peter Rosenberg who tried to slander me on uh cheap podcast a few weeks ago when slammiversary <laughs> happened when i was saying yo we're gonna watch impact as a family tonight because impact is really interesting and impact has been putting out re a really good product for a long time man like and and you know i guess it's not the cool thing to say and be like oh my god you are you are you're really watching impact really and it's like bro honestly they have a lot of charismatic folks in that company, man, from the Mooses to the Rich Swans to Chris Bay, their women's division is second to none when it comes to anybody, WWE, AEW, New Japan. Like, their their knockouts division is, is second to none. The X division is always really exciting. You got the North. You got, um, you know, the Good Brothers, obviously. I mean, there's just so much talent over there um, that this AEW... Whatever could come from this sort of invasion or or cross promo or whatever it is, it causes excitement, man. And it's rare, it's rare that there's this much palatable excitement in a wrestling company that isn't owned by WWE. And like totally. war and war games is this week. Like war games is this weekend. And we've gone like what, 20 minutes? 20, 30 minutes without even mentioning that, you know, it's a it's an NXT takeover weekend. And we are talking about how excited we are about American wrestling that isn't WWE. Just like yeah. the, the unpredictability of it, you know? It's, it's a fun time, man. It's a fun time. You got the Young Bucks tweeting out pictures of their time in Impact. You got FTR tweeting out about wanting to wrestle the North. You got, I mean, it's listen, there's a lot of potential that's being opened up, and I think our, our minds are going to run wild. I do want to talk about, uh, I do want to talk about uh, War Games. I'm going to talk a little about WWE. we got to talk about Pat Patterson, too. But one, I'm just going to say one thing about that Sting segment that I didn't want, I, I don't want to make too big a deal of it. But the one thing that that I, that, that 
after everything, after I digested it, after when I was rewatching it, this is about wrestling fandom, and I'm a part of right. this. But we all get so excited for these moments, and the moment is Sting making is making this shocking appearance, right? And we talk about it like the old school Sting, the old like the old school vibe of all so much of what AEW does, the old school mm. thrill of having somebody appear unannounced, <laughs> you know, on the show. But the one that there's no old school, there's no old school without actually having like emotional investment in something and this is not just a knock on aew but it's something for them to look in the mirror about a little bit i can't imagine there was a single wrestling fan in the universe that was that actually felt any sort of emotion when cody and darby allen were getting the shit beat out of them two seconds before sting arrived yeah and I that's, didn't give the, a damn. that's <laughs> the biggest go back and watch any beat go back and watch any any fa- baby face save it doesn't matter if it's the first time you've ever seen the guy in the promotion it doesn't matter if it's a surprise the crowds go absolutely nuts because right before the guy, right before Sting or whoever it was in the, in the past would run in, fans were throwing trash and charging the ring. Now I know kayfabe, I know that kayfabe is broken. I know that we're not in it anymore, but there's still got to be a way to make you care more that like your that the two biggest baby faces in the company are getting like destroyed by this heel faction. You know, I mean, it's just there's there was just nothing there. And if it, and and Sting saved it, and the shock of it saved it, but we can't just be like, oh, I wish there were more surprises as fans, and not be like, oh, I wish I cared more about what was happening in the company, because like it's it's one thing to care, like I care, like I want to go on a message board and talk about Sting and Kenny Omega going to Impact, but I also have to care that like that things are happening in the actual flow of the story, right? I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's it's maybe not the biggest thing in the world, but it stood out to me. I mean, it stood out to me watching them get beat down when you go back and watch any beat down from 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And it's like you remember the way your chest hurt when, you know, Hulk Hogan was getting squashed by the earthquake. You know, you remember these things and it's not I don't know. It's just not it. it maybe it can never feel the same again. I'd like to think that's not true. OK, moving on. Uh, speaking of old school stuff. Pat Patterson passed away this week. Um, normally, I think we'd open a show with this. But I guess there's more important stuff going on. I mean, honestly, it's exciting to have cool wrestling stuff to talk about. But Pat Patterson is absolutely one of the greats of all time. Um, got a piece in the ringer coming up later. Uh, probably, maybe by the time this pod goes up, who knows? But um, but it's coming soon. Uh, there's people talk about Pat's biggest moments, his biggest matches. Uh, there was the the street fight with Sergeant Slaughter. Go back and watch the cage match with Bob Backlund, which is on the network. Uh, it's kind of buried, but you, if you search Bob Backlund and and um, and Pat Patterson, it'll it, it'll pop up. It is impossible to overstate how modern those matches feel, and right. it part and part of that is Pat creating the modern WWE style. I mean, I swear. Watch that ba- that Patterson Backlund Steel Cage match. It is it feels more like you could almost like cut and paste that into a WrestleMania, and it would be less odd than like something from the Attitude Era. It's he I don't know he he was an absolute great in terms of telling the story in the ring, and he made and with such simplicity. He knew how to work a crowd. All it took in that cage match was a bunch of near escapes and a couple of blade jobs. You know the sergeant the slaughter match was. Pretty straightforward too. I mean, it, the big the big finale was him beating Sergeant Sarge with a boot, you know, with a cowboy boot. Hmm. 
in the ring, he was one of the greats. And the way that he created, he helped contribute to the modern style of wrestling is uh, it can't be overstated. What are, what are your what do you remember about Pat? I mean, um, obviously, you know, the first Intercontinental Champion. Um, you know, when you first think about Pat Patterson, you just kind of think of, you know, being somebody who was so influential to the growth of what we now know as WWE. He's always just been somebody who has never left the side of WWE, right? Like he's always been, he's always been that talent, even when he wasn't in the ring, I think as, and as great as his in-ring stuff was, I think his mind for professional wrestling um, made him somebody whose, whose lore, you know, exceeded a lot of the stuff he did in the ring. And what he did in the ring was, you know, incredible. Like, that's that's the crazy part. Like, I feel like more people remember him as, I mean, obviously people remember him, you know, in the Attitude Era as like one of the Stooges and all this type of stuff. But like, go back and look at all the tributes that kind of poured in yesterday from the people who have shaped, you know, a lot of what modern wrestling is now. Like, everybody from Sami Zayn to The Rock talking about how this guy sought me out, saw my talent, and, um, you know, really helped, you know, go to bat for me or shaped, you know, a lot of how, you know, the wrestling psychology and, and how I saw matches were put together. Um, a lot of just the ways that he never seemed like he was, and even in my days in WWE, like, I don't think he had, like, an actual official title, but, like, he would just kind of be in production meetings, just, like, kicking it. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm just here. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, just, yeah. just you know, either, you know, just taking it in or saying, like, yeah, this sucks. This is great. Let's do that. Like, you guys got to really put something behind him. And it's like, it's Pat Patterson. Nobody's going to say no to Pat. He's, a, he's you know, he's a legend. And um, he's just a guy who just loved this business, man. And, um, you know, I'm not going to... I'm not going to, you know, take this time to really talk about any other stuff because I'm sure there'll be there'll be lots of time to to talk about that. Um, but I always I always like to really focus in on the good that he brought, you know, this form of entertainment that I've loved for such a long time. And, uh, you know, I, you just got to tip your hat to him, man, whether it's Bret Hart, whether you loved The Rock or Bret Hart. Or uh, or Sami Zayn or Kevin Owens or um, you know just the generations of talent that he's touched Edge um, throughout his career is just pretty unprecedented and uh, it was a sad day it was sad it was sad to lose a guy like him so you know rest in peace Pat Patterson WWE Hall of Famer legendary first Intercontinental Champion he's one of the greatest of all time you mentioned the 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 Intercontinental Championship which right. is you know, a moment that everybody laughs about and, and with good reason. It's a hilarious sort of moment in WWE history. I guess they decided that North American champion didn't have the, the ring they wanted to it, so they fake. Uh, <laughs> by the way, there's this trivia question that everybody, or not trivia, there's a moment in everybody's childhood where you where you ask yourself the question, how, why is the intercontinental title less important than the world title if it's all the continents? It's not. It's two continents. It's North and South America. Those are the yeah. continents. That be, <laughs> but anyway, they combine those two continents fakely into one title, intercontinental title, but it's but it's perfect. I mean, that is the maybe the most pro wrestling thing ever. You are mm -hmm. the new, you are the champion. Uh, you want to you win a, a tournament that didn't actually take place, and because of that, you're claiming 
our number two championship belt. I mean, that's it. Wrestling's fake. You, he, he won it. He earned it by carrying it around and mm-hmm. being the IC champion. Wrestling those great matches against Patterson. Uh, by the way, the only person ever to headline against Backlund four times in MSG uh, was Pat Patterson. Um, he's just it, fantastic. And by the way, when he, uh, you know, when he came out, uh, or not, he didn't really come out, but when he came out on Legends House, he'd been o- kind of openly gay for a long time. But when he came out on that show, it was staged, right? I mean, it's a reality show. It's a WWE reality show, so doubly staged. The whole thing, I'm sure, was predetermined and you know, <laughs> to some great extent. And like yeah. I said, everybody knew it. Yeah. But, but that was also one of the realest moments in like modern pro wrestling history, right? <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. like it's one of the like it, as fake as as like staged as it was. There was a level of reality to it that's impossible sort of put words to and 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 that's also a great that 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 shows you how significant he was as a human being and you know to to wrestling overall he's just absolutely absolutely irreplaceable um you know and i i i hope that all these people who were influenced by him i hope at some point kind of get together and just do i mean who wouldn't watch a documentary that was just like Pat Patterson's like art of the match. Oh, I'm sure. You know, I'm sure the network's like, working on it or something like that. But yeah, I I could agree, man. Just as uh, as much like you said, immeasurable, immeasurable uh, effect in the ring, but outside the ring in his mind is what will probably live on forever in the most. So, uh, yeah, rest in peace, Pat Patterson, man. Yeah, yeah, for real. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. All right. uh, What are we going to talk about next? We got war games. (laughs) Right. We do have war games. Uh... So we just had NXT last night. We got some some advantages were won, but let's just run down the roster. I mean, run down the card and do some picks here. Uh, I get a couple of main main roster notes too. I want to get to, but mm-hmm. um, all right. So 
let's say bottom of the card. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa versus Timothy Thatcher in just a sort of uh, your standard issue, we hate each other match. Um, This feels like the Ciampa, you know, gas up, but I I, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe, I mean, Thatcher's been, Thatcher's been an important cog for them over the past several months. I I mean, my pick is going to be Ciampa, but, but uh, I don't know that I'd be shocked if they put Thatcher over for storyline purposes. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they're uh, they're Champa's kind of like the 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 stalwart of NXT now, right? He's almost almost Champa kind of feels like the the Cesaro of NXT, where except he actually like won the world title, but he's kind of like been the measuring stick now. Like, and when it comes to guys that are either coming up, whether it was Karrion Cross or I guess now Timothy Thatcher, not saying he's coming up as like some brand new guy that nobody's heard of, but um. Champa doesn't stand to lose much by taking the fall on this, right? And I feel like Thatcher, who has, uh, you know, had a feud with Finn, had the feud with, incredible feud with Riddle. Not even a feud. It was just like one match, it feels like. But, uh, you know, he kind of needs to... I think think Thatcher needs to win more than Champa does. Um, I feel like they'll find a a way to get around it where nobody kind of loses their momentum. Um, but I don't think Champa, you know, he's a threat whenever he feels like being a threat. So, but I do think Thatcher needs it more. So uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Timothy on this one, man. I think he needs it. I can't disagree with anything that you said. All right, next on the agenda is uh, <laughs> the strap match between Dexter Loomis and Cameron Grimes. I, we talked about this when they had their last when they had their House of Horrors match or whatever that thing was called. But the, they're fantastic. I mean, I love that the, the chemistry that they have is great, and it's doing. This feud is like, you know, it's one thing to kind of look back at The Rock versus Triple H and be like, yeah, they really built each other up in the process. But it's interesting to see it when both people are kind of coming up at the same time and how much is helping both sides. Right. Um, and you're seeing that here. I think what surprised me more than anything in the intermediate time is how much of an effort they're they're giving, they're, they're spending on making Grimes look legit, you know, because his, his role in the feud is a little bit of a, Weasley heel, but they're yeah. but they're but they're not just resting on that, you know. Um, and like I said, at the time, I mean, I think Loomis has actually a huge potential, especially main roster potential. Uh, but Grimes, Grimes has a, I mean, regardless of how they use him, Grimes is freaking irrepressible. He's going to be important to pro wrestling for the rest of our lives. I feel, you know, I mean, he's he's really he's really really great. Yeah, he's one of those guys that doesn't really jump out the page when you first see him. But anytime, like, you watch a match or you see him cut a promo or you kind of see his progression as a, as a performer, you're just kind of like, oh, this is what everybody sees in this guy. This guy's really good. Like, yeah. this guy's really talented. You know what I mean? And, like, I, I don't want to, like, jump out the window with, like, comparisons or whatever. But, like, you know, back in the day, I would be very you know bullish on the guy like uh cameron grimes just because he's not like super tall and it's like all right as much as i like this guy like you know we all did back in the day yeah as much as i like this guy it's like oh i don't know if he's you know he's really gonna cut it because of his size or whatever now we've kind of seen that like that's not really a detriment at all like even on the main roster like you can still have a pretty solid run i mean like he's not that much smaller than a jay uso or or Daniel Bryan, or, uh, you know, any of these guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, he feels like he fits. And uh, he's got a hell of a character. He's got a hell of a, uh, 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 you know, and he works it really well. 
And um, again, the chemistry that he has with Dexter Loomis, um, who I think we're kind of the opposite on. Like, I was just kind of like, ah, I don't get it with Dexter Loomis for a long time. But he has a crazy good look. Like, you know, he he looks the part. But most of the time I'm watching his stuff, I'm like, I don't get it. Like, is he a a, a serial killer? Is he an artist? Like, is he a... I, 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 I just... I just didn't get it. Um, but that being said, um, I think Cameron Grimes comes out the better of this, no matter if he wins or loses. Um, he's been the guy who's just been tearing it up for a long time, and he's just really entertaining. I love his moon, all that type of stuff. Like, I think he's, I think he's just really funny. And on top of that, he can go, man. Like, he really can go. Uh, I'd love to see him, you know, I'd love to see him in like a, a, a really important title feud with a Gargano, a Leon Ruff or a Gargano or even a Finn or Pete Dunne, man. Like, I just like his style. It's hard hitting. It's it's explosive. He's, he's I, I, I just really like him. I like him a lot. Yeah, man, I do too. I think, I mean, I think he's really good. So anyway, I, I think, I think he's going to win. Yeah, I think so too. The stipulation is just carny enough for him to find a sneaky way to win, right? And mm-hmm. and and nobody loses anything. A strap match is a fun match because it's like you don't necessarily need to beat the tar out of the guy to show that you win, even though you're probably going to get the tar beat out of. It's one of those matches where a guy can get the crap kicked out of him and still win and still, yeah. you know, not look like a winner even though he wins, right? So exactly. I feel like I feel like Cameron Grimes is in a good position to to get a strong win on the takeover, which he needs. Uh I totally agree. And this is this feels like what they've been building to, which is yes. it's it's cool to be able to see and to be able to kind of foresee that but also, you know, appreciate it. Uh next we got Damian Priest versus Johnny Gargano versus uh the aforementioned North American champion Leon Ruff, uh sorry, Leon Ruff. Mm-hmm. My favorite wrestler on the entire planet right now, by the way. He is really, <laughs> he's really incredible. It's yes. so, it's, it's so fun. I mean, that, even that tag match they worked last night, it's like every time he's in the ring, you're just like, I'm excited to see what's happening right now. Yeah. Like, I love that he kind of comes off as a chump, but he's totally not a chump. <laughs> like, yeah. he's, he's very, he's, he's crafty, man. He's just a crafty dude. And like, he has sort of this strange body type that, Again, we were just talking about, you know, body types that we don't think would have worked several years ago. But then you look at guys like Gargano and especially NXT type dudes. And Leon Ruff, granted, I love the attitude of him being in on the joke. Like, and everybody kind of thinking like, oh, this is just going to be like a one week thing. And then Gargano's going to get the title back. And it's just going to be another way to get us to another Damian Priest, uh, Johnny Gargano match. And Leon Ruff's like, no, like, I'm... I am legit. Like, I'm not a joke. Like, I'm going to defend this title. And, uh, you know, if you guys think you're better than me, like, take the belt off me, both of you guys. Yeah, and exactly. I love that. I love that. It's just like, man, not everybody needs to be, like, a punk. Like, nobody, it doesn't matter if you're going to get, like, you know, washed when the match really happens. Like, at least talk a good game, right? Like, exactly. I mean, just in real life. In real life, like, if you've ever been in a real fight, you know, there's not you don't really act that cowardly. Like even when you know you're gonna lose, you at least talk a good game to at least psych yourself up 
to at least be like, you know, and I, and I like that they want this direction with him and not him being like, oh my gosh, oh, what am I going to do? It's like, no, he exactly. really believes in himself, as he should. So uh, I'm, I'm right, really excited Because in, in kayfabe, and not even kayfabe, in kayfabe, in reality, he has a contract with WWE, right? Yeah, yeah, no yeah. one, no one, No one gets no one gets an NBA contract and they're like, cool, I'm just going to ride the bench. I'm just going to coast through this thing. It's like, no, right. if you get the, if you get a contract, you're like, this might, this is my shot. Yeah. This is my shot to prove myself, right? I mean, that's that's it's it, you're you're right. It makes a lot more sense in character, and I think that especially in the modern era, it's not just the size comparison. You know, there's smaller guys, but it's also you can like you can see like we fans can grog like what's the the problem with Leon Ruff, right? It's like if it's not a problem. It's like in a couple of years he will have put on some mass and he'll be like fully legit. Right now, this is basically just like. A guy with a bum knee. He's just got a knot. He's just like he's just not quite big enough yet. He'll get there. We know that he's talented enough, you know, and that's what's really coming through. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, I think that, especially like when you watch, like watching NXT last night, almost convinced me that he's going to retain. And it's not because of the way they booked it, but it's like you were saying, you watch him on the screen, and you're like, how can we do without this guy? You know, yeah. it's like I would think even if, they had, the screen. even if you had it booked a different way, I could imagine somebody watching the tape from last night and just being like, oh, we could just ride this for six more months, man. Like, <laughs> like, there's no reason that we can't just have Damian Priest get his belt back in a minute but, and like and just let Leon Ruff shine for a little bit longer. I mean, how yeah, much I almost feel like they, they do. They're doing themselves a disservice by just kind of going back to the same old Damian Priest, Johnny Gargano rivalry at this point. Now, like that Leon Ruff, he's that. Sometimes you got to throw a little a paprika into the soup. You got to throw an X variable into something. And, you know, just, just it's, you got to keep the story going somehow. I, they don't, they do themselves no favors by having Leon Ruff just lose and go back down to, you know, being just a guy. Like, yeah. When has NXT really had underdog champions? Maybe two, right? Like it was Sami Zayn and. <sighs> Gosh, I don't know. Well, Leon Ruff, Bo right? Dallas like, kind of um, like I, I'm. I wouldn't I mean, necessarily say Bo Dallas, but Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn, for sure. But I mean, like they haven't really had truly underdog, Rey Mysterio, Daniel Bryan type underdog champions in NXT, and that gives it a really good variable of it not being just a. Uh, indie on steroids anymore, right? Like now you're getting sort of that WWE feel of storytelling, of being mm -hmm. like, yo, here's this guy who nobody thought had a chance in hell of doing anything. And now, you know, defying the odds every single week. I I really hope he wins. I really like this guy. I'm a fan. I got a question <laughs> like, for you. Okay, so there's been a lot of talk about Priest coming up to the main roster, and maybe that's kind of the way this eventually goes. But just setting that aside for a second, or maybe actually including that. Mm -hmm. I, another thing I was getting watched him last night is like Damian Priest is just not uh, like it just doesn't make sense. I get why in storyline they're teaming up, you know, because they both you know they have this sort of shared interest. But like, I. Is this going to end up with Priest turning heel on Leon Ruff? Is that the is that where we should be going with this? Like, isn't Damian as much? I feel like all of my issues with Damian Priest get wrapped up in a real hurry if he just power bombs Leon Ruff and celebrates. You know, like I don't like if he's actually a heel, not just I'm booked as a heel, but like functions as a heel. I like D Damian Priest a million times more. I don't want him to be like 
you know, having the shaved underside of the head and leather pants doesn't make you a baby face. I don't care no, what the no. bookers think. Yeah. Uh, I've gotten on the Damien Priest train a couple weeks back. Um, I really like his style. Um, and I really like that he's leaned more into himself as a character. That being said, I think they could do so much more with him as a heel. <laughs> I agree with you so much, Dave. Like, I feel like, you know, I don't necessarily want to root for him to, like, he doesn't seem like, oh my gosh, this guy has to, it's Johnny Gargano. Like, he's, as much as Johnny Gargano is like a chicken shit heel now, like, it's Johnny Gargano. He's so tiny. Like, it's just like, why am I rooting for this guy? And he's a monster. You know what I mean? Like, you should be mauling these people. You should be going through them like they're nothing and i liked him on the indies i liked him in ring of honor there's something really there's something really magnetic about the name punishment martinez there's nothing wrong with the name damian priest per se but it's a little bit try hard listen punishment martinez is is a badass name i love that (laughs) damian damian priest sounds like the name that you would like write in the back of your like like middle school spiral notebook with like lightning bolts going into it and you know like 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 heavy metal album type font i don't mind it but it's sort of like seth rollins wearing the sideways baseball cap like it makes me want to boo you and i and 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 listen i'm happy to cheer you in six months but let's just let me boo you for a little while first all right like let me i don't think we got enough of him as a as a heel um i think he was he kind of like he had this weird thing with finn and I don't even know what that was. I guess it was just like, oh, wow, uh, just a. Uh, it was. It was more of like a let's 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 get this guy ready to kind of carry the mid card match there. But I don't think we got enough of him as a heel yet. And I think we can kind of see. I, I think you can kind of see that in, in Priest too. Like I think you can kind of see. I almost feel like the way they booked him with Gargano and becoming an NXT North American champion, they might have kind of booked themselves into a corner because they were just like, okay, like there's not many people for this guy to go through anymore. Uh, how do we turn him heel? Hey, here's Leon Ruff, this guy that everyone's going to love. I kind of feel like the move, if you're going to go main, if you're going to bring him to the main roster, is you got to let him turn heel first, right? I mean, he makes more sense. And, and as it, even though he's, even though he did have a little heel time in NXT, the point is that like you gotta you gotta reset him, you know. I mean, I think some of the some sometimes the biggest mistake they make, and and it's not anybody in NXT's fault what happens on the main roster. I'm not trying to say that, but sometimes they they do this thing where like they 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 p- bring people to the main roster, and on the one hand they expect you to know about them, but on the other hand they don't really they don't really give you give them the the credit for what happened before. I think that the best move they they I mean the move they should make is like low key reset all the guys to square one uh, when they come up. and Which I think is what they've done with like Keith Lee, right? Like they mentioned last year's Survivor Series, they mentioned that he's won uh, NXT gold. He was champ champ, but they pretty much put a new coat of paint over him before he, he got there, yeah. Okay, moving on. Uh, we got two War Games matches. We got um, uh, the, in the women's match, we got Shotzi Blackheart, Ember Moon, Rhea Ripley, and Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Tony Storm. I mean, there is a lot happening here. Um, Shotzi Blackheart has has certainly emerged as like uh, your your baby face of note in this match, even though there are many many baby faces of note, including your champion Io Shirai. Um, but uh, 
and every I'm excited to see Ember Moon in a match like this. Or Rhea Ripley. The interesting thing with Rhea Ripley is that they they're it seems you know sometimes these things are accidental, but more often than not, it's there's a little bit of deliberation behind it. The her lack her the the disappearance of her push after WrestleMania has become a sort of meta storyline over the past several weeks. Everybody's talking about this, including her. And uh, that really ups the ante on what they do with her next. I think that has to be a little bit in their head. So I'm excited to see what they do with her too. Uh, and, and you know, the, the heel team feels a little bit, I mean, the both sides of this feel a little bit like old school Survivor Series teams, right? It's just like, let's get this kind of crew of baby faces versus this crew of heels. Um, and they do have intertwined storylines and everything else. But um, I mean, this could really go in any direction. I think that I feel like just because of the layout, this sort of has to come down to the Candace LeRae, Shotzi Blackheart, sort of, you know, whatever they're going to do with this storyline. I feel like it's got to get pushed forward a little bit here, but I, I could, I, I, nothing here would surprise me. It's a match that uh, at first I wasn't really keen on, but the addition of uh, Io Shirai, Shotzi Blackheart, who's just been on fire lately, and Rhea Ripley, who just burned it down with Io Shirai a couple weeks ago, kind of might be sprinkling, kind of might be sprinkling the heel turn with Rhea Ripley, maybe, possibly, I don't know. Um, Wouldn't be surprised there, uh, especially that they hugged after their match and it wasn't the standard I'm hugging you because you're going to the main roster hug. So I'm like, okay, so Rhea Ripley's going to stick around for a little bit. What are they going to do with each other now? Are they just going to become pals all of a sudden? No, I think um, if I had to put on my, my my magic crystal ball or I guess fortune teller hat or whatever, I believe Rhea Ripley's going to factor in strongly to the finish of this match. And uh, I don't know. I think she's she's going to understand that, like, nothing's going to be right in my life until I get that buzz back that I had before WrestleMania. And the singular goal is getting that NXT Women's titles back. And, you know, she's going to have tunnel vision for Io Shirai, man. And something's going to happen that's going to keep that story going. Um, so we'll see. I'm, I'm excited to see the match. Uh, it, again, yeah, you definitely said it gives us a very Survivor Series feel with just like heels versus baby faces type of thing. Um, but that man, that what a that baby face crew of women is insane. Like you, you can't get a better foursome in any woman's division than those four. So I'm really looking forward to that. I mean, you know, Ember Moon's gonna show out. Shotzi Blackheart's been like just on a roll lately. And I feel like that X factor of Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley is going to be very interesting to tell. So if I had to guess, I think that that factor might cause them to match. And I'm, I'm going team Candace. I think team Candace is going to pull it off. I mean, one very minor point, the only, I mean, the only people in the U S with any sort of like reasonable claim to having a competitive women's division to what NXT has right now is impact. And they just got a real, a real shot in the arm last night. So if there's, you know, these the, they're gonna have. I think NXT has all the motivation they need to go out and put on a masterclass out there. You know, show everybody that you're still number one, no matter what happens. You know, in, a, in the bigger spotlight, Impact's gonna get. All right, the last thing uh, we got here is is uh, the other big War Games match, the Undisputed Era versus the Kings of NXT, aka Pat McAfee and company. Um, 
so yeah, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Rod- Roddy Strong, and Bobby Fish versus McAfee, uh, Pete Dunne, uh, Danny Birch, and Oni Lorcan. They actually this is actually a, a handicap match. It's the four members of the Undisputed Era versus the uh, versus the four guys I just mentioned plus Pat, uh, Pete Dunne's tan. Uh, I think is the unofficial fifth member of the team. So, um, <laughs> listen, uh, this is going to be awesome. I mean, talk about long-term storytelling. This is like, this is just, has been a brilliantly told story from start to finish. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, we don't have time to go into all the details here, but they're at a really interesting crossroads because it feels like, in a sense, we're saying goodbye to the Undisputed Era. Now, they might not be leaving NXT and going to the main roster, but we teased that Kyle O'Reilly baby face turn earlier. Um, you know, this is the sort of big face turn for the Undisputed Era. But, because you know, it's harder to run, a, to, to have a, 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 a group like this as a baby face unit. It sort of feels like even if they don't go to the main roster, we might see a little bit of them splitting up, doing their own thing, working different angles. Uh, maybe not immediately, but that kind of feels like where this, where this you know, gang warfare sort of thing is headed to me. Um, but it also doesn't feel like we've had enough time saying goodbye to them yet. So I don't know. I'm really torn on this one. My, if I were if I were watching this from a million miles away, I'd be like, "Yeah, Pat McAfee is going to win, and the Undisputed Era is going to like disappear, or break up, or something." Right. But that's mostly because this is War Games. If this were just a regular match, I would think we're going to see this again a couple of times before it's actually done. I don't know, man. I don't know. Talk me into something. May I talk you into a Pete Dunn? sort of enhancement match, which I think this is going to be. I feel like he's been the most protected guy in NXT since he's kind of come back. And I think they're gearing him up for Finn Balor. And I do think he is a guy who's been, I mean, when you're talking about, you know, carrying an entire brand for a while as the UK champ, there's only been three and, uh, you know, he's, he's one of them. And, um, man, slight sidebar. I, like, really forgot how good Pete Dunne was. WWE Network just uploaded a best of, like, Pete Dunne sort of, uh, you know, those sort of mixtapes that they put on the network now. And I'm just like, my God, I love this dude. Like, I forgot how much I loved the bruiser weight. And the fact that he could really lean into this kind of heelish persona with Pat McAfee being, like, his, his, his mouthpiece um is super tight i think team mcafee pulls it off i think this is going to be a big showcase for pete dunn um finn balor just kind of came reintroduced the undisputed era and disappeared so there's always that factor um and i think that's our next i think that's where we're going man they're gonna need somebody for finn to go up against uh when he's all good to go with his jaw and I think Team McAfee is going to need that momentum with this War Games win. They're going to need Pat McAfee talking a whole lot of smack for winning his second ever match, which has happens to be War Games. And, you know, being the guy who helped destroy the Undisputed Era, like there's a lot of things to play with over there. And then, you know, Pete Dunne being like their heater, you know, he's going to be a guy that I think you know, they're going to try and, and pull an Undisputed Era and bring in the NXT title with the tag team titles and, you know, just kind of just kind of run things there. So I'm looking forward to that, man. I really want to see I haven't really we haven't really got to see Pete Dunn go off in a long time, man. And what are you talking about, guys who just 
never disappoints when it comes to big matches. Like I don't, I, I don't think I've ever seen a bad Pete Dunne NXT match in my life. You know, so I'm really looking forward to seeing him back on that big stage in the main event. And I and I got Team McAfee taking this. Okay, I'm with you. The one thing that I didn't even mention that maybe is even kind of going by the wayside in a lot of this build is that Pat McAfee is the greatest one-match wrestler in the history of mankind. You know that he's speaking, you know that right now he is inside the war game cell trying to figure out the coolest things he can do during this match, right? I mean, like, it's, it's going to be an incredible match. Right. And even his parts alone will make it worth the price of admission. admission. So, yeah, I mean, what the hell? I'm going with Pat McAfee, too, because at the end of the day, as great as Pat McAfee is, and as great as Pete Dunn is, as you mentioned, Pete Dunn's on the, uh, on, uh, you know, he's coming up, going to reach a higher level. And mm-hmm. we know the Undisputed Era. As much as they've sort of been a little bit of the underdog in this feud so far, McAfee's, you know, the kings of NXT actually mm-hmm. still need this more than the Undisputed Era does. Absolutely. The Undisputed Era have done literally everything that there is to do. Uh, they don't need the win. I, I know I've said this a lot of times. They don't need the win. They'll be fine with that. <laughs> um, we got to get out of here. Uh, we'll do Rockets next week. We haven't handed them out in a minute, but I think we're going to have a lot of different looks after Impact next week. Um, one thing I want to touch on super, super briefly is just the main roster WWE stuff. There's, I just want to hit on one angle. We've got our new title feuds set up. Looks like we're, we're going to have AJ versus Drew over on the Raw side. It looks like we're going to have Kevin Owens versus Reigns on the SmackDown side. As our babyface producer, John, t- was talking about before we hit record, it looks like they, there's a rumor out there that they're, they're going to leave Brian, Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns for 2021, which is actually not far away at all. Um, it was supposed to be Drew versus uh, Strowman in this TLC match. Strowman got hurt uh, at, at, the, at the last show. And then, I mean, at, at Survivor Series, that's why they wrote him off with the, with the you know, headbutt the suspension. So I, and I think they were holding AJ for that 2021 spot. So who, I don't even know how that quite shakes out on the raw side, but AJ versus drew Owens versus reigns. What's your excitement level on those two? I'm, I'm very, I'm much more excited for Kevin Owens Roman than I am for drew AJ. I think AJ has been like really funny as like this weird sort of not necessarily taking himself super serious, sort of mm-hmm. weird heel that he's been and with, with, with big, big giant, almost, as his uh, backup guys, his bodyguard or, or his muscle. I don't know what they call him, but I love almost a big guy, Jordan. But, um, you know, Kevin Owens hasn't been in the main event scene in quite a while. And I'm excited to see him back there. I'm excited to see him back in a position where, uh, you know, he's he's challenging for the for for a top title. And, you know, we get to see him talk a lot. I feel like he's he's been, he's played his position so well for the past year where he's just kind of, you know, if they needed to host the Kevin Owens show or kind of be a, a heater for some guys or or just kind of work some mid-card stuff. Like, he's done everything, like, really well. And you immediately made him a threat because they've built up Jey Uso as, like, this sort of, like, doja killer for Roman Reigns for, like, you know, the Samoan hit squad. And in one night, Kevin Owens beat the crap out of him and called out the big guy. And I was like, oh, yeah, Kevin Owens kind of rules. I forgot. <laughs> you know. So um, I'm really excited for that. I'm excited for the promos. I mean, if you've seen Talking Smack and, and uh, you know, the interaction between Paul Heyman and Kevin Owens, excellent stuff. And um, 
again, I think I'm just more excited to, uh, and granted, I've seen AJ, you know, AJ has been, AJ's going to be AJ, man. You know what you're getting out of him. Um, but I'm really much more excited to see Kevin Owens back in like a top spot, even if it's for, if it's for a month or two. I am too. I'm excited to see AJ back in the top spot, though. I think this is, I'm going to cop out. This is going to be a tie for me, and this is why. One, the AJ thing does feel a little bit, it's it's a little bit rushed. I mean, they could have made it feel like a bigger deal if they had had Strowman in between, if they'd given it more time, whatever. And AJ working this comedy gimmick is wonderful for AJ and wonderful for us, but doesn't, but sort of, you know, takes away a little bit from the magnificence of the matchup or whatever. But this is, this is Drew's opportunity to have his best matches in WWE. And and AJ's gonna give him that chance. AJ's gonna have this opportunity. is a huge stage for him as well. And I'm and and so I'm very excited to see what they do. And I've said it before. I've said it again. You just said it. Kevin Owens is one of the most valuable people in all professional wrestling because he can keep himself relevant when he's not even wrestling and when he's not in the main event and everything else. And now, but and and just like you said, he shows you. You give him the microphone for two minutes, and he'll talk himself back into the main event picture. He'll make himself legitimate and. I guess what makes both of these feuds really cool is as institutionalized as both Drew and Roman Reigns feel. AJ and Kevin Owens, both in and out of kayfabe, but more importantly, out of kayfabe, deserve the title as much as anybody else. Deserve these titles. And that's what brings the tension, right? This isn't just a placeholder feud, because even if they book it like that, people watching the match, us fans at home, are going to be like, now, Kevin Owens should really deserve this, man. He just give him a two-month run, you know, like uh, let Owen take it back. AJ, I mean, AJ, it's been years. I mean, how long has it been since he had one of the big belts? It's been it's been a minute. So, but I mean, it's time. It's I mean, it could be time for both these guys. So I don't think, I mean, who knows what's gonna happen? But they're both really exciting. Listen, we gotta get out of here. We'll talk more about that in the future. There's plenty more to come. We'll be back here next week talking about, believe it or not, impact wrestling, and I'm sure a lot of other stuff too. Uh, Kaz, you wanna do some plugs on the way out? Yes. Um, check me out uh, if you're in the New York area or if you got Fubo TV, YouTube, anything. Check me out on MSGAM every morning from 8 to 9 uh, live and then repeats throughout the day with my co-host Monica McNutt. Um, Say Less with Kaz and Low Key Podcast is coming back this week. We all got wiped out by COVID, but we're all back. We're all ready. So uh, hopefully Monday we'll have a brand new episode. Um, check out the first one starring DJ Khaled. On the Amazon Music, uh, this week's episode, we got the legendary Fat Joe, the Terror Squad. Check that out. All right, man. Well, thanks for doing this as always. Thank you to our babyface producer, John. And uh, thank you all for listening. Apologies as always to John Moxley. That uh, blade job looked like it hurt. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. Tony Schiavone here on the Mass Man Show. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Mass Man Show. 